Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the first off-season episode of the 2019 Left Coasters season. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. We are here to do my favorite set of podcasts of the year, the Left Coasters official quarterback list for the past three seasons now we've all gotten together at the end of the year given ourselves a breath of fresh air after the Super Bowl and said Tony Matt Brian if you had to rank every quarterback that started a game last year where would you put them we each make our individual rankings and then we put them all together to decide who is where on the left coasters QB rankings past two years we've had a unanimous number one victor this year we have our first unanimous dead last player and I think you can guess who it is because that's who we're going to talk about today we have QBs 54 through 41 today and in the upcoming weeks every Wednesday in March you're going to get a new set of QB be rankings throughout the month. We'll be hitting you with a free agency podcast in April, and then at the end of April, we will have the Balzarini Big Board, which is Brian's favorite podcast. He's already starting to get gray hairs on the side, deciding where all these defensive linemen are going to go and where DK Metcalf, who makes a mistake by drafting DK Metcalf in the first round, thanks to Brian the Ballerina Balzarini. But Dangles, Brian, before we move on to the QB list, a lot of news has happened in the month of February. We took it off. We have the Super Bowl, then we give ourselves some time to sort of let it all marinate. But Dangles, for the second time in three years, you open up this QB ranking podcast as a Super Bowl champion. They beat the Los Angeles Rams in what many regard as the most boring Super Bowl <laughs> of all time. I think it was a defensive Definitely slugfest. wasn't the most exciting Super Bowl the Patriots have ever been involved no. in. So, so take the floor, my man. Thank your team. Six rings. For Brady. Six rings for Brady. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how much more there is to say about it. It's all kind of been said at this point. I, I mean, this this if they were, if you didn't think they were a dynasty before, they've now won as many Super Bowls as any other NFL franchise that's out there. They've done it all with one quarterback. They've done it all under one owner, um, which we'll get to later, <laughs> the owner in his eventful offseason. Um, uh, but outside of that, just looking at the football team and the team's performance on the field, I you, you, how can you not tip their caps to them? This is a team that people did write off. I mean, regardless of the mantle that they took in the playoffs is like, you know, we're, we're still here and we're sort of being looked at as the underdogs now. There were people who wrote them off and who thought that the, that the years of the Patriots' greatness were over and that Brady was getting old. And we talked about it a little bit on this program. Um, but the way they came together as a team in the, in the playoffs, even though they didn't have maybe a big downfield threat that they could use in these games, they pounded the ball on the ground. They went to their veteran, Julian Edelman, through the air. And, and, and Rob Gronkowski obviously had a huge game for them, setting up that touchdown on the final uh, 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 possession of the game for the Patriots that ultimately gave them the win. 
Can't say enough about this team, the way the defense came together. Stephon Gilmore had an all-pro incredible year anchoring that secondary. Um, I'm so, so happy for them. I'm so happy for the city of Boston. It's great to have another parade, and, um, you know, We'll come back and do it again next year. We're on to training camp, baby. It's unbelievable. I'm stoked. It's I'm unbelievable. Stoked. I know. I feel, you know, it, it's, it's a tough one as a Rams, you know, somebody who roots for the yeah. Rams, too. It, it hurts because they didn't show up at all. No, they did um, not. And, you well, know, the defense did. The defense, the the defense, defense did show did. up. Yeah, they did. But, you know, uh, Todd Gurley obviously not being there. And then the news in the last few days that we've heard that he's got arthritis, it sounds like, in one of his knees, which obviously puts some serious question marks as far as the future of his football career essentially and how availability much longer, how much longer he's going to be able to play on a consistent game basis and go 16 games every year even 13 games so uh you know my heart goes out to the rams they're going to be back to the super bowl they have a lot of young guys on that team cooper cup's going to be back next year obviously you'll have some off-season shifts but i'm very excited for what the rams have to bring to it and in the meantime while brady's still there while belichick's still there and while the dynasty still exists i'm going to soak in the sun i'm going to soak in the accolades i'm going to soak in the hate too y'all can drink that hater <laughs> out there i don't care we're six-time champions and you can eat me well this is the beginning of uh of a lot of brady love because brady for the past two years we said it in the beginning he was our unanimous number one overall quarterback of these lists two years running will he be number one again you'll have to wait and see in the wednesdays of march but bright guy uh dangles talked about the patriots let us talk about the rams they did make the super bowl it was exactly what they wanted to do when they got there though it just didn't work out for him, especially on the offensive side. For the mind of Sean McVay, this loss had to hurt the sort of stature of him. Yes, it's Bill Belichick. Yes, it's the greatest coach, greatest QB of all time that he lost to. Not not a bad loss, but his offense simply did not show up. Do you shoulder the blame on McVay, on Goff, on the girly thing? Also, before we go too far, this girly arthritis thing, woke Tony's going to say pause on that. Seems a little bit too easy of a thing to give someone arthritis in the knee and call it that's what hurt him. I don't think that's the case at all. I really don't think that's the case at all. I think that's a, a falsified story. I think it's a little bit more mental than it is physical with Todd Gurley, which scares me even more. But Bry Guy, focusing on the next year, not talking about free agents yet. We'll do that in a later podcast. But what do you think the Rams need to look themselves in the mirror and do in order to take the next step? Because they were right there. They were at the precipice. A three-point loss in the Super Bowl. Almost had it. I think they have to look towards keeping everything that they did well in con- in continuation towards progress and then upgrading areas that they fell maybe a little bit short in. Yeah. Uh, I was not overly pleased with the wide receiver um, play in the um, – we could pin a lot of that on Jared Goff, but for, for, for such an illustrious group of receivers in the, in the, uh, regular season, the playoffs, I, I, you know, in the Super Bowl, I didn't feel like they showed up like the other, like, like the Patriots did, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of one-on-one coverage that frankly, Julian Edelman just flat out got open on mm-hmm. every play. I didn't see that out of the other team. And, and let's remember the New England Patriots had a good scheme, but they, they were an imperfect defense, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that, that high f- motored uh offensive you know genius uh play calling and beautiful you know um production out of jared goff like we had seen out through the regular season so they have to answer that question yeah what can they do to to be consistent yeah and at the times where it matters most um they did again a good job in the regular season but when the pressure's on the line they gotta they gotta they gotta um ask a lot of the people that they're going to be leaning on, like Jared Goff. Yeah. Those, those are the those now. Those are the hard questions. Those are like the ninety nine percent. You're just getting that one percent. You know, 
left out of the equation that that would lead to a Super Bowl like Bill Belichick has done so well. Um, so that's my my thing is how can you get more out of people? How yeah. can you how can you find uh, advantages with the skill set and the players and the mindset and the growth of somebody like Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, this young offensive uh, uh, pieces in the offensive line? Yeah, that, I think that's the, that's where you that's where you start answering asking those questions to find answers. Tony, do you think they got shook by the spectacle at all? Because we talked last year about how they got to the playoffs against Atlanta and it seemed like they were sort of not yep. quite ready to be there yet yep. and Goff was still and then again you know they, this year we talked about it last year they got to improve on that and they make it a little farther in the playoffs this year they obviously get to the Super Bowl yep. NFC champions do you think they were shook by the spectacle at all a little bit playing the 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 auspice of playing against the Patriots in the Super Bowl no I feel you on that one I, I think it undoubtedly it had to be but and you could tell by the end of the game the offense started to click a little bit more the defense this is a com- two, completely different conversation about the defense everyone on the defense deserves a medal they played phenomenally they played well enough to win themselves a Super Bowl that's for sure the offense is where it fell apart I think not having Gurley hurt everything not because of the scheme and obviously Gurley's that otherworldly player but the confidence level of a guy on the offensive line or of a guy like a tight end knowing I have an all-class running back behind me if all goes wrong Gurley could still break an 80-yard touchdown when you have C.J. Anderson who did great who did better than you ever could have expected not the same that mindset is different a lot more uh, uh, responsibility falls on you when you start getting in your head especially in Jared Goff's case I will defend Goff however before he threw one of the worst interceptions of his career in that Super Bowl, he threw the game-winning touchdown to Brandon Cooks. Absolutely. Who dropped it. Absolutely. He, he threw a dime in the corner of the end Not zone. Not enough people talked about that. He, 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 won the, he won himself a Super Bowl if Brandon Cooks catches that ball. He really did. Uh, he did not have a good game, though. He did, Clear as day did, and I, I think it's on Goff. It's on McVay, too. You got to if, – if certain plays aren't working – how do you keep going to them the whole entire time? You are the king of adjustments facing the king of adjustments. You need to make the right I ones to go. I said this in our Super Bowl preview. Yeah. It, 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 one of the keys that I gave the Rams was if something's not working for you, don't stick and with it. Uh, go somewhere else in your offense. You can't afford to do that against the Patriots. And I so missed, it's interesting to hear you say that now. I think I think they made a conscious decision to not be like the Kansas City Chiefs because the whole entire year, both the Chiefs and the Rams threw a lot of pre-snap motions at you and jet sweeps and and just all this false red flag stuff to make a defense be on their heels and take advantage of them. They didn't do that in the Super Bowl. I think it was a conscious decision because of how well the Patriots had played the Chiefs and how well the Patriots are coached. They're not going to fall for those jet sweep bullshit motions. I still think you need to do it, though. If something's not working, if the straight ahead rushing down their throat is not working and not yielding you first downs, try something else. Mm. Throw something against the wall. Who knows what'll work? Uh, and, and the lack of trick plays was was another indication to me that the conservative play calling was, was not doing was not doing anybody else uh, of service. To your point, Dangles, like it's the last game of the season. You pull your stops out. Yeah. Get everything you can out of the guys that you've got uh, uh, lined up because tomorrow you, you, it's over. Yeah. So so put everything out on the line. If Todd Gurley's hurt, like at least put him out on the field to 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 distract the other side of the team. Nobody knew that. Nobody 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 in the Patriots organization knew that Todd Gurley wasn't going to be playing. Yes, so yeah, correct. put well, his ass think, on the field. I think to put a bow on it, that's sort of like in the Rams fans that I've talked to and even the Rams fan in in, in me who was sad to see them not be not be successful mm-hmm. putting aside putting aside my love for the Patriots and my happiness that they won the Super Bowl again. Um a lot of the fans I talked to and myself included, I just left wanting sort of, yeah. you know, they wanted yeah. 
more after all this talk of getting there and this young team and how how great they were and and you know the Patriots seemed very vulnerable after last year. You know the Eagles could beat them and the yeah. Eagles were you know wild card underdogs like and they and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Speaking of the so, Eagles, so yeah, speaking of <laughs> we speaking of the Eagles, but point point being, I think it just sort of it left a sour taste in Rams fans' mouth and, mm-hmm. and myself included a little bit just because. I wanted more out of this team that again hung almost 30 points, you know, or maybe more than that. I think they've actually hung more than 30 points a game on their opponents this season. Mm-hmm. So. It's uh, yeah, I mean, the, there is a silver lining though. The Rams in year three of us doing this podcast went from a laughing stock oh, of the league to a Super Bowl. Nothing team. to be and like not the, proud of. The Chargers too. They've they've come a long way in their two short years here. They were in the playoffs. They made waves, and they're looking for success in the future. You are worried. Every team has worries heading into the off season. You want to sort of fix some holes. We're going to go down the Chargers and Rams, sort of a little free agency preview in the next episode, which will be next Wednesday, the day free agency opens, along with more of this QB list. But today we're uh, we're putting the bow on the Rams. They they got there. They got to the Super Bowl. They did not come home with a trophy maybe next year. It was a fun run, though. I was very happy to see it happen. Um, Dangles, uh, the Patriots did not stay out of the news for long. No, they didn't. Um, in Later on in February... <laughs> Bob Kraft was uh, uh, found uh, to be a, a part of a sting operation on a local masseuse massage parlor. It turns out he was getting a little one of several massage parlors they were they were tracking in this county. He was he, he got a little extracurricular activity at yeah. said massage parlor yeah, and something it, that wasn't on the menu. And it became uh, national news. And they have him on they have him on video. This yeah, is this is on. Him. So uh, you know let's let's set the precedent before we start this conversation. We're not we're not denying, and I am not denying that Robert Kraft did this because the cops have video. Yes, they've got him on tape. Yes. so there's no there's no question about whether or not this is him. It's him. Yes, it is absolutely him. Uh, he is going to defend himself in court in the whole. And I I think his defense right now is the whole he never asked for it; it just happened type defense. So he didn't solicit anything. But it doesn't matter. The fact is, it happened. The fact is, everyone blew it out of proportion. Dangles. You can't deny it happened. You say to yourself, do you want to defend your uh, 77-year owner at all? Well, is this even a topic of conversation? First of first of all, I mean it's it's obviously a topic of conversation if you want to have because there is there's a larger conversation because of what this story hap- because of what the story is to be had about in general human trafficking. But let's look at the facts of this case right here. There are only two people who have been confirmed. The police have said there are only two people who have been confirmed as victims out of this. They spent 6 months on this sting operation. They charged a few people, two confirmed victims after 6 months of of investigation. Bob Kraft himself has been charged with two misdemeanor counts of solicitation of prostitution. Mm-hmm. So this, which comes along with uh, like a few thousand dollars worth of a fine, potentially a year of jail time, and probably some community service hours. Even the DA or the state attorney in Florida who's who's prosecuting this case has said first-time offenders don't typically get uh, jail time, and a guy of Robert Kraft's stature probably is not going to get uh, jail time. I think I, I'm not going to look. I don't agree with Robert Kraft's behavior, obviously, especially if it's just like he goes on the day of the AFC championship game. You're Robert fucking Kraft. You can't figure out a more clandestine, like distance way of getting yourself. You know, if you want to if you want to have some fun, go for it. Like, I don't I, look. I, who am I to judge what you do with your spare time? All right. You have the same rights as I do. What do you do in the walls of your four house or whatever? Or the four walls of your house is fine. Figure out a better way to do it. Don't go to a shady 
Florida. Cops in Florida love doing sting operations like this. <laughs> I lived in Florida. I know. I know how these things works. I've gone to these kinds of crime scenes where they do oh, these sting I thought, operations. I thought he was going like, somewhere else. No, I've gone to the. I've gone to you know to when they yeah, bust yes, these up as yes, a reporter. I've yes. done this. They love doing this. They're yes. all over the place. So it just it, it's stupid that he even ended up in this situation on the day of the AFC Championship game. But I think there's been this narrative created by the media uh, when they talk about this being a human trafficking ring which creates these images of women chained to beds and malnourishment and yes there is there they are suggesting that these women were living there um, which would be terrible me so I guess what I'm saying is I've tried kind of tried to wait until all the facts have come out because as we've seen with other news story recently North stories recently it's very easy to jump on a bandwagon right when some news come out news comes out and then for it all to blow up in your face when you made a judgment before everybody had yeah. had all the details so I, I think it I'm guess what I'm saying is don't jump on the bandwagon right away because it doesn't sound like you know it's it, it, it sex workers I'm not and again I'm not I'm not po- saying this is one way or another but not every sex worker is involved in sex work because they have no other choice a lot of them and again i've spoken with sex workers in the work that i do as a journalist i've booked them for interviews on my show there are people who do this for decades because they want to it's mm-hmm. their choice it's good money and it, it it is their decision again i'm not saying one way or another that that's how things are right here but i think we need to wait until all the facts come out yep. until we pass judgment on robert Kraft one way or another all that said it puts the franchise in a terrible light i hate it as a fan because it's like the last thing we need is more people throwing yeah, uh, throwing darts at the patriots I, uh, you know what i mean but Let's, but I'm not passing judgment on Bob Kraft just yet, even though maybe he's an old man sleazeball. He's been pretty much lost in everything that I've read since Myra Kraft died in 2011. His as wife dies of cancer, and he, he, they called him, I've read the word adrift be used a lot as in writing in the Globe, would. in elsewhere, you know. So, so anyway, that's sort of my rambling spiel on it. I, I'm still waiting to, to see. I'm not passing judgment on him. I don't think it's a good look for the team, but I, I can't, I, I need more information. Let us pass judgment, Brian. Um, because as one of the 32 owners in the NFL, one of the most prominent positions in the most expensive, uh, uh, financially stable league in the world, he is running arguably the best team in all of sports, and he is the figurehead of it. You can say Belichick, you can say Brady, but it is Kraft's money. Do you think this tarnishes the Patriots' legacy, and do you think the actual Patriots should be punished for their for their owners' uh, uh, sins, I guess. Do I think that the Patriots organization should be punished because of Robert Kraft? No, mm-hmm. I don't. I think Robert Kraft should be punished if there is a fallout in some way, shape, or form tied to the New England Patriots because of that um, sanction or that that. Um, so you think Kraft's actions should not affect n- the Patriots? I, here's where I go with with where I think the hammer should fall the hardest. You got to remember that this is one of the 32 owners of the NFL mm-hmm. who have bargained, who have fought, who have publicly made statements as a group that have condemned the behaviors of players to the point where they no longer can play in the league. Mm-hmm. A la Colin Kaepernick. There are certain things that are that are not um, to be done 
And I feel like this is very hypocritical of a man who probably led the charge against punishing a lot of players for a lot of things, right? So you you have to you have to be able to treat him just as you would any one of the players. He he you know the league policy as we know is very vague. Yep. And I think it's going to apply very harshly to Robert Kraft because of what he has done to the image of the game. You just asked, does it does it tarnish the Patriots' legacy? It, no, it doesn't. Of course not. But it does it does for a short period of time make the 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 organization look stupid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and therefore he gets punished for that. Yeah. Um, and I think he whatever punishment happens, uh, suspension. Um, and I find it funny when they suspend quote unquote, yeah. you know, yeah, owners. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they're actually yeah, even you know, a fine to him is a drop in a bucket. So, uh, so I think the I think the punishment should be, and I and I think if the NFL would be, is is smart, and we haven't had a show since the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that Super Bowl show was crap. I think the the theme around the Atlanta uh, um, um, community was weak. They oh, could yeah. have gone so strong, so strong uh, towards towards the many things that make Atlanta special. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. best you could bring was Maroon Five, no, and the best yeah, you could was... do is a coin flip. I think the NFL should take this opportunity to build goodwill with their community and well, with the with the community of, of fans at large, but also to the other people who are now looking at the NFL as this stereotypical man beating woman abusing community and this doesn't help Mm. from one of its white upper echelon uh, owners so if you really think that this is dangerous for the league and and it is then then you better do some really awesome authentic community community related pr that is absolutely gonna gonna challenge and bring into the conversation what happened in this scenario and if it's at the cost of bob Kraft's embarrassment so be it but i think they need to have a conversation about how the the nfl is going to help you know bring light to to women who are trafficked to to sex you know workers etc etc they've got to be part of that conversation now because they're in it whether they like it or not so the best thing out of this for me is i think you have to work with bob Kraft because he's going to be doing community service correct he's not going to jail he's presumably getting community service so jump on that and, and be part of the conversation and 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 at the very at the very least use your platform and i think that's what the nfl should do if anything and, and then let the let the let the chips fall where they may amongst the people who are going to decide whether i'm going to follow the patriots now or i'm not you know is it going to be just a side joke is it really that bad all that kind of stuff you let you let that kind of play out in in the in the courtroom of public opinion but i i think you have to have a you you have to have a genuine response to to the to the prostitution and sex I like I like the idea of a genuine response from the NFL and I think that's a smart way that's to do it. That's a marketing idea. No, like you have to no, do that. You're out, you have to do it. You have to do it that way and I think that's a very good PR Cuz th- this would be a miss if they didn't. On the other hand, I will say uh, in no way shape or form is Bob should Bob Kraft be slandered for this action. And this is this is absolutely nothing to me. This is a, this is the opposite of an offense to me. This is mm. a guy going to get a tug it is a guy going to get a massage, paying double the amount of money that they usually charge for said tug. The video shows it. He got a tug and a hug, and that's it. He yep. He's been going to there for years. As a, they caught him on the camera twice. He knows this lady. They have a relationship. She. It, 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 I don't know why he picked this place out of all the places. I don't know why he doesn't do it more privately, but this is what he does, and who the F cares what a 77 man does in his legal off time. Yes, it's illegal to solicit this prostitute, but it happens all over the country, yeah. everywhere. Oh, I'm the with sex you. trafficking I don't, I don't, thing. I, I no. 
listen, I the, the, hold disagree, on. but go ahead. The sex trafficking thing is a different story, but it in no way, shape, or form ties to Bob Kraft. Unless no. he funded this place, unless he paid these people, see, unless he organized it. Unless he was in some way bringing these women in he against just, their will. He, he, was, he, he was the same as my buddies from home boat. who go to these things and just, you know, have a Friday and they go to it. Now, you're missing it. Now, uh, uh, it should not affect the Patriots at all. If the NFL comes down to the Patriots in any way, it is clearly against the Patriots and not for this. And as for missing the boat on the moral standing of it, yes, I get that. That is the part where I think you need to make the PR move, and yeah. that's it. You're missing. To, you're, what am I missing? I think you're missing the bigger. Both of you guys are. I'm sure you're, you're not going to disagree with me, but the fact that it could just be dismissed as, oh, it's you know just a guy getting his dick rubbed, it, not a big deal. It, it to me, it's 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 his whether you know. I agree with I'm you. I'm saying it's not a big deal. I'm Hold saying on, because explain. as far as he's concerned. Well, I his think, involvement in Well, this. there you go. That's my point. Is, There's is, one is, person who's is been his charged inv- with trafficking, and she herself was in- also charged with engaging in prostitution. But you got to remember that his unknowingly, cooper- unknowingly cooperating into this much bigger, broader problem is part of the—should be the conversation, right? That he's not at fault. You're, you're absolutely right. He's not contributing uh, directly to, to the trafficking of, of, of young women, but, but his lack of understanding— of what he's doing and what he's being engaged in should be the broader conversation that we have. That this guy didn't know, but here's why he is contributing to this uh, problem at a much greater. So, if it was just a guy going and getting a rub, that's one thing. It's another thing that when he's part of a, a sex ring, where he is he is a, a an extension of the much bigger problem. Okay. So so walk that back and then just simply have a conversation. Do I think this guy is a bad guy? No, but I think the conversation now should be: Don't be a Robert Kraft. Don't annoy contribute to a much broader problem in our society without without having I've, thought about it. I right? have a genuine question. Sure. Uh, example bouncing off of that. It is not unfair to say that everyone in this room has purchased marijuana at one point in their life. Yes. Sure, yeah. Okay. There's death and destruction that goes along with the drug trafficking ring out there. Is that right? Yeah, but so that's, are you that's, bu- that's its legality versus elag- are you illegality. Bu- when you buy weed, are you funding money into the system of drug trafficking? Not no if not purchasing if you were if you if you're purchasing it illegally yes. on the black market potentially yes, yes. Yeah, which everyone yes. in the world did until absolutely. a few years ago but absolutely. you're talking about you're right. making something le- illegal legal that's a conversation to be had no, but no, the no, problem I'm, not, I'm talking I'm talking about the same thing I'm talking about Bob Kraft went and bought an ounce of weed five years ago is the same thing as Bob Kraft getting a tug at a at a massage parlor. I no, I don't think that's the same thing. I I think one thing is illegal and it contributes to the harm and detriment F- five of, years ago, of a weed traffic. Was illegal. Marijuana is still federally illegal. Yeah, it's still federally illegal. But my point is one one is one is a much broader problem that that deals in like women specific centric issues. So a, a league that tr- that is you know troublesome yeah, for, in for, that world for, in yes. that world. You have to have that Listen, conversation I, now. I absolutely agree with the the PR move. I think that's a very smart thing that you said, and I do think that's a route. Either the Patriots or the NFL goes. I think the Patriots do it first. They but, uh, have to. Yeah, I think that's smart. Um, let's move on, though. We've talked enough about old man Kraft and his 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 fillet gate and you know the tug rule and all those other fun pun names you can think of. Before we move on to the QB list, the other biggest news that has come over the past few weeks in February has been Antonio Brown, and apparently. <laughs> 
just the destruction of the Steelers locker room. The killer bees are dead. Le'Veon Bell is going to be a free agent. We will talk about him next week. Antonio Brown is desi- has pretty much said everything he could to leave Pittsburgh as fast as he can. And it's big banner bust in the Steelers franchise as the Steelers seem to be ready to let their very highly paid, very highly productive wide receiver go. Gentlemen, I don't think we should predict where he goes because anything can happen. We will cover it when it happens. But as for this whole saga... Would you want Antonio Brown on your team? No. Yeah, absolutely. You would want him. Sure at, would. If you weren't, sure uh, let, would. Let's say, let, take the Patriots out of it because that's a different organization. He's not going to the Patriots. No, no, no. But take the Patriots out of it because it's a different organization. If you were the, I'd love to know why when you sit, get the second. Sit, sit as a Rams fan or a Chargers fan. Would you want Antonio Brown on those two teams because you root for them as well? The Rams, either. Yeah, you know, I could see him on either of those teams, just given what I, given what he has said that he wants. And what he's looking for, and what this is about for him, I could see him potentially playing for either of those two teams. I don't. I don't know that it's. I think the Rams more likely than the Chargers, but um, I don't I want him at him. all. I could see him. I could see him on either. I of those don't teams. want I'll, him at all. I'll. 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 I'll defer to Larry Fitzgerald, who basically on the stage, his exact words were, "He's going about it the wrong way. He has no idea what he that yeah, how good Fitzgerald he had it." Said he said basically said he's lucky that he's had a guy like Ben to throw to him. But 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 his exact not words when he asked when when asked how do you think he's handling? He's like he's not good. He's not handling this the right way. He's not. That's a problem. We've had this. We've seen Listen, this story a million fucking times. Two things: wide receivers are a, a, a nuisance. Who are a nuisance are a complete waste of time. I agree with you. I will say this: when you're looking. at... At, be careful when you're seeing stories about Antonio Brown in the meter, media, especially ones from the, the worldwide leader, because they will never say anything to make the NFL look bad. They will try to protect the NFL in every article they write. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they're going to pick the health of the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the health of a diva wide receiver, the story is going to swing towards the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I will say, Antonio Brown is making it very difficult to defend his side on this because he is coming out repeatedly. And yes, he is speaking his mind, and that's all you can ask for, but he's coming out repeatedly as an egotistical asshole and the biggest man in the room who wanted to be treated as the biggest man in the room. And sometimes you're not the biggest man in the room and couldn't take it anymore. Now he's going to go to a team where I guarantee you, no matter where he lands, it's going to be the Antonio Brown show the second he arrives. And I wouldn't want that in my uh, in my in my town in my team. The the question becomes which locker rooms are are ready for a guy like I that. I don't know if if Pittsburgh couldn't do it. I don't. If know. If the Patriots well, aren't I, that locker room, I'd like all, to know what team is. You guys are are absolutely correct about all of that. And Antonio has not said anything to to disagree with that. He's said he wants a locker room that's ready for him. He said he has said that, and maybe you, you guys may be interpreting what ready for him means in in one way or another. But this isn't this isn't about this isn't about money. Antonio Brown. This is about respect. Yeah, this is about this is about him going somewhere. Not only that he wants to play, and that, but but where he feels like he he's respected. I think he made a big deal out of that comment that the GM made. Fifty two kids. I think that's a you know the media made a huge big deal about this quote and you know whatever. And Antonio Brown mentioned it in his he did an interview recently with with Jeff Darlington at ESPN. I think he made that's a microcosm of the bigger thing is that he feels from his perspective he feels like he hasn't been treated with the respect that he's earned and. Mm-hmm. 
deserves as someone who continually leads the NFL in receiving yards, who has been a by all accounts up until the last year or so a pretty solid teammate, uh, mm-hmm. and and who you know and again let's let's I don't agree with the way that he's handled this either in a lot of the ways like the the video it's, from it's the hard lo- to defend the him. video from the locker room going off at a, you know he said in his interview that he did with ESPN sort of like I you know he, when he when he was asked what blame if any he takes he said I don't take any blame at all I didn't throw any rocks I took responsibility for what I did I don't agree with that you made waves during by not showing up to training camp by yelling at a reporter for suggesting that you were limping uh, and then you know he says in in the interview that the reason he didn't show up for that week 17 game is because after week 16 um, he went you know after the game he was like he was talking about how he was sore and they basically told him go home and yeah. he took that to mean, well, I, they don't want me there. I, if it were me, I probably would have gone back and be like, no, I want to be there. This is the most important game of the year for me. That, again, another red flag. But, look, I think this comes down to he, he said in his interview he doesn't have to play football that he could walk away and he would be happy with yeah. where he is and walking Bye-bye. away. So, so he's going to, no, he has millions and millions of dollars. Uh, 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 he's Still. got, he's got investments that he's got yeah. going on. He doesn't need the NFL. And he said that he doesn't need the and paycheck. This, this he's current... not going to be a solution. He wants to be a solution to a problem. He's not going to any of these teams. And I'm literally repeating what he said in his interview. He's not going to these teams to audition. He doesn't want to go somewhere to try and, to try and fit in, to try and earn a spot. He feels like he's earned a spot. And I, I can't blame him. He's at a point in his career where he feels like he can be picky because he is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. I think if he goes somewhere that he's happy and that he feels like the coaching staff in the front office respect him and that he has good camaraderie in the locker room, that he will be quiet. He will shut up. Everybody in the NFL knows that his work ethic is impeccable and that he works as hard as anybody out there when Mm -hmm. he is on the field. I think if you put him in that right situation where he feels like he's being treated like a 30-year-old man and not like a kid, I think you're going to see a change in his behavior. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I agree with it. We will see. Obviously, it's going to happen. The craziest part is that contract that he is on right now is such an albatross to try and get out from under. It's going to be interesting to see well, how Pittsburgh does it. They're, they're going to find a way. Get, they're going to get rid of him, and the Steelers have to pay him two and a half million dollars on March 17th. So I would be looking at that date as one for the Steelers to maybe try and make a decision because if they're going to be able to make someone else pay that that 2.5 million they're probably going to do it that is very right and uh, uh those march dates are getting very important they the nfl season is officially starting in the middle of march you are listening to this next week on the 13th we are coming out with the second part of this quarterback list including a little free agency preview because march 13th is the beginning of nfl free agency and the beginning of the new year we have a free agency podcast coming in the beginning of april that'll recap everything that happens and at the end of april we have the balzarini big board but now It is time. We've covered all the news that has passed. It is time to break down the Left Coasters quarterback rankings. Left Coasters. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's break it open. The Left Coasters quarterback rankings begins now. 54 quarterbacks started a game in the 2018 season, and yours truly, along with the other two idiots in my left and right, ranked every quarterback based on merit and where we think they should be heading into this year. We then combined those three rankings and made the official Left Coasters ranking for the third year in a row. We're going to go through every name right now, and the first couple are uh, the... I've dubbed these next few the future AAF MVPs. Because if you watched any AAF football, you can say that we're sorely lacking in the sport of football. And um, if you want any AAF coverage, I leave you with this headline from CBS Sports about who could be the MVP of the current AAF league, Louis Perez, CBS Sports, AAF 2019, 
how Luis Perez gave up on professional bowling and YouTubed his way to learning quarterback. That is the future MVP of the AAF, and that's all you need to know about the AAF and where it stands right now. So, let's break it down. Past two years, guys, we've had an official, unanimous, number one quarterback, and it's been Tom Brady. The only unanimous player we have is the one that opens up this list, and I actually feel bad for him, but it's Nathan Peterman. I don't know how you guys make your lists, but the way I do it is we get the list of every quarterback that has started, and I open up a notebook and have it almost like a spray chart. I look at Tom Brady's name. I know he's going to be somewhere in the elite category, so I put him over at the top left corner of the page. Don't know where he's going to land exactly, but I know he's over there, right? Nathan Peterman comes up. I know he's going to be bad, but I didn't put him at the bottom because I didn't want to be mean. I wanted to give somebody a chance to not be as good as Nathan Peterman. So I just put him over in the land of bottom right corner. He's, I know he's bad. I went through the whole list. No name came close to Nathan Peterman in my spray chart. So I knew in my heart of hearts, as, Matt, as sad as it happened, he is the worst quarterback in the league. Last year he was 56th worst quarterback in the league. This year he jumps up to 54 because there's less competitors. Still the worst quarterback in the league. Is there any future for Nathan Peterman or should he go to the XFL right now? <laughs> oh, he's no oh, dude. He's so AAF bound. He's on. He is on the uh, Birmingham uh, Iron. Uh, yeah, uh, or maybe maybe the Omaha Beef. If he gets if things get really bad. No, I mean just just uh, I, mean, we've, I think we've read them before. But his his stats in two thousand and eighteen, he passed for two hundred ninety six yards, a touchdown, and seven picks. <sighs> he threw forty four passes and it attempted eighty one of them. He th- he attempted eighty one passes and he completed forty four of them, and he threw for just under three hundred yards. That's tough. It's really bad, and I I same thing. I like I threw Nathan I threw Nathan Peterman at the very bottom because he was after I read the list you gave me I was like okay just jumping out at me right now like yeah, gut reaction yeah. the worst one I see is Nathan Peterman yeah. and I'm gonna put the rest of the list together and I'm gonna ask myself in that sort of fifty range you know is there anyone who is worse than Nathan Peterman and I just I didn't I didn't get there a couple guys came close but ultimately I, I couldn't it's get tough. there I think he is probably destined for the AFL where he might play for two years and flame out hey man I, I hope you listen Nathan Peterman we still believe in you there's still time oh I don't uh the next two quarterbacks is our first tie we have a tie for 52 the way we do ties is whoever got the highest individual ranking takes the top spot which means at 53 we have Mark Sanchez and at 52 we have Taylor Tyler Heineke. Is it Taylor or Tyler? Taylor, I think. Either way, Tyler Taylor Heineke beats out Mark Sanchez at 52, Sanchez 53. Uh, as we get going here, I will ask the two of you, and myself included, to explain the dastardly deeds you have done to some of these men. Because some of these men you have flat out murdered in our rankings. <laughs> the other two uh, the other two guys have had them ranked, you know, X amounts higher, and then you uh, solely have taken someone and shot them down the rankings Purely out of hatred and nothing else. <laughs> it's a premeditated act. So we're going to discuss some of those. We were all pretty close on Heineke and Sanchez. 51 came in the list of 2017 ranked 40, now falls to 51. That's big Derek Anderson, which I didn't even know he started a game last year, but he's 51 oh, yeah, on he our was list. A Bills, he was a Bills bring in when they had their little quarterback uh, sort of question mark thing going on there midseason. It was bad. It was really Really bad. Number 50, we're going to have uh, Dangles make the first proclamation on why this guy is better than we have him ranked. But number 50 is a guy who skipped, uh, I believe it was Christmas, to study plays for his team that never went anywhere after he was the fourth quarterback to start a game that year. Josh Johnson comes in at 50. Dangles, you had him a lot higher. 
Dangles, you had him uh, closer to the top 40. Yeah, I had him at 44 yeah. on my uh, list. Jo- any love for Josh Johnson? I mean, I just thought he was solid. The Redskins really need – I mean, after they started Mark Sanchez, maybe I, like, overcorrected because Mark Sanchez also yeah, started for, for them. But I, I thought, like, out of all the Redskins quarterbacks who started this year, because Alex Smith was not having an impressive year by any means. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was steady for them in a time when I, I think I took into account what Josh Johnson was able to do for that team under the circumstance, circumstances that he stepped in, and mm-hmm. that's probably what pushed him higher on my list. The next two came in at a tie. So 48 and 49 are in a tie. 49 belongs to Kyle Allen, which we differed a lot on. I had Kyle Allen closer to 43. Uh, Brian had him at 52. Really doesn't matter because I only saw the highlights of the one game he started. That's what put him at 43 for me. Kyle Allen at 49. 48, however, Dangles, I'm happy we went to you and warmed you up a little bit because you got a lot to explain on this next one. 48, Jeff Driscoll. Brian and I had him in the 50s. Dangles had him yeah, at 38. I had him high. I did. What makes um, Jeff Driscoll one of the top backups in the league, according to Brian uh, uh, Matt D'Angelo? For those people at home, Je- Jeff Driscoll is the second st- quarterback, second yeah. string quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, and uh, out I of believe, Florida, I don't. I'm not sure they won a game after he came in. No, they he, did. I thought they. I thought they uh, won a game. Didn't they? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I know I won the season long under bet after I had no shot of winning that season long over under bet because of Jeff Driscoll. I, I, they may have won one game at most. I'm either they did, way. They did win a game under under him. They won either 30, way, thirty. To 16 against the Raiders. Dangles, Jeff Driscoll, why is he the 38th quarterback on your list? Um, you know, I, it can be a feel thing. No, I mean, it was it was a feel, but I thought that given, I mean, again, you know, the situation he's put in where he comes out there, he doesn't even have his top wide receiver. Uh, you know, the best thing on the team he's got going for him is Joe Mixon. He still comes out, he passes for over a thousand yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions, um, you know, 60% completion. That's not terrible for a backup mm. coming in and a team that started the year out as a potential playoff contender. Look, he's not he's not Andy Dalton. I'm not trying to trying to say he is, but I think he had a better showing showing this year than than guys that I put, you know, like Cody Kessler, for example, or Tyrod Taylor uh, or Matt Barkley. These are guys who are all in the same area yep. uh, as him. So yep. I don't know. You know, I just I thought his numbers showed that he did better than, you know, and you hear the name. You're like, of course, Jeff Driscoll's terrible. But the numbers, you look <laughs> at him, he didn't do so bad this year. I had him as the second-worst quarterback in the whole league. But, hey, you know, to each their own on the Jeff Driscoll train. We never know. Maybe he'll take over the job from Andy Dalton. Number 47, this is the beauty of this list. We just differed 15 rankings on the last guy. The guy coming in at 47 is Colt McCoy. We differed by two overall rankings between the three of us. We all had him in this range. Colt McCoy, 47. 46 is the first quarterback of many to have made our list three straight years. He was never higher than 41, and this is his second-lowest ranking at 46, Blaine Gabbert. At what point does Blaine Gabbert create a wing of the Hall of Fame in the AAF? Because it's happening soon, right? At least the XFL. Right? Blaine Gabbert, I think, could win a league. He's going to be, he, he's been so consistently mediocre yeah. in the NFL. He's yeah. going to be a, a titan in the AAF. He's going to be unbelievable. I think he should go there now. 45. This guy's fallen far. Another quarterback that's been on our uh, rankings the past three years. 2017, he was number 20 overall. Last year, he came in at 29. This year, 45, Sam I Am Bradford. Dangles, you killed Sam Bradford. Had him as low as 51. stinks. Uh, uh, Brian and I didn't have him that much higher, but 51, you got, I mean, Jeff Driscoll over Sam Bradford. I I think Sam Bradford stinks, don't get me wrong, but the guy was a number one overall pick. He is a very accurate quarterback. His knees are made of balsa wood, as you like to say. (laughs) But what makes him the 51st overall? Uh, I mean, let's, besides the fact that, 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 you know, he was absolutely terrible this season, let's let's talk about the fact that the the Cardinals way overpaid to have him. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough. 
like, list. I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know what else you want me to say. Like, here's a guy. Here's a guy who comes in. He's supposed to be the answer to the question. I mean, you talk about a team that fell from grace. Like David Johnson, his Madden rating dropped like 12 points from last year <laughs> because he had such a fucking terrible season. Like, it's bad news for the for the Arizona Cardinals. Seriously though, like that is an indic. You can use that as somewhat oh, yeah. of an indicator because EA sends ratings adjusters to these games Absolutely. to figure this shit out. The fact that he dropped it like the Cardinals. It's look, tough. It's just a bad off season. That's right. And, and and Bradford stinks. Uh, 44 coming in just ahead of Sam Bradford. He was 29th in 2017. He did not play last year. Cody Kessler at 44. 43 and 42 was a tie. Matt Barkley coming in at 43 overall. Just above him, Josh McCown, who last year we made a grievous error in uh, ranking him 24th overall. He's fallen now almost 20 full spots to 42 where do you think he truly lies, gentlemen? Is it 24, 42, or somewhere in the middle? I mean, McCown, probably closer to the lower end. I think last year was the exception, and this year was probably more the rule in I his get career. That. He has never been, I mean, because you know as well as I do, he's, he's a journeyman. He's never yep. been excellent. Yep. He's been fine to step in as a backup, steady guy, but, you know, not a. Last year was an anomaly, or and, two years ago was an anomaly, I should say. And the last one to make our list of this episode of the quarterback rankings, the AAF MVPs rankings. 30, 41st overall. Brian, you got some explaining to do here. Chase. Daniel. Dangles and I had him a lot lower, 45 and 44. Brian, you had him at 36. What makes Chase Daniel an upper echelon backup? Uh, if I had to go to battle and I had to have a mid, mid-priced mid quarterback backing my guy up and who could win games, it'd be Chase Daniel. Uh, Chase Daniel did some really good things for the Chicago Bears when Mitchell Trubisky was out. He beat he beat mediocre teams. Yeah. So to me, he's better than a mediocre uh, uh, quarterback. And if you're looking at guys like, for me, Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford hasn't won an NFL game in years. Chase Daniels has it's at least won, won games. And Chase Daniel has been a part of some really good locker rooms. And, and people have walked out going, he's a great he's a great guy to have in the locker room, and he's a great player, and we like having him on the scout team. And that's like New Orleans and et cetera. So Chase I'm, Daniel. I'm, I'm a fan. Chase Daniel, 41st overall, and that ends the AAF MVPs. These guys, we, we said it earlier, if you have these guys on your team, you're you're looking for replacements. You do not want a name to come up in those names we just said. There were but, some names in there that I, I'm surprised I didn't hear. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll be coming next week when we do just before the starters. We're going to do a little bit of a free agency show next week as well as go through numbers 40 through 33. And I, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, fellas, 33 is going to surprise you. It is an absolute murder. It is an it is the worst murder we have on the whole entire rankings. Something to look forward to. At 33 or 33rd overall. But that is next week. Thank you for joining us for the beginning of our March off-season podcast, the Left Coasters Quarterback Rankings official list. Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo, and Tony. We'll be back next week. Free agency and the rest of the list. See you soon. Oh, and as always, ram it. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. 
Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!